What makes a Lane Kiffin offense a Lane Kiffin offense? We'll tell you right after this. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Give us a subscribe. We would appreciate it. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And today in the news. No, I'm just kidding. Seriously, we have gone back and we've looked at the last five years of Lane Kiffin's offense. We deep dove this week to figure out what was going on. We were trying to confirm a theory that we had about this offense, and that theory you've heard multiple times. But we're going to give you examples from other offenses of that theory so you can see what we're talking about, kind of give validity to what we've been saying. And we'll talk about everything from Matt Corral to Chris Robeson all the way up to Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders as we get ready for the 2023 season. Because for this season to provide what we want it to provide, what we are all rooting for, we think this needs to happen above above all else. And we will start off right here talking about Chris Robeson. He was a quarterback of Florida Atlantic in 2019. He was the quarterback of the Florida Atlantic Owls on a team that got him the Ole Miss job. That's, this is the quarterback that essentially got Lane Kiffin the Ole Miss job. As you can see on his passing zones, his deep ball was fairly effective. But look at that middle zone. If you, if you just go above the blue line, that's what we're going to pay attention to, that middle, middle zone. He was, what is that, 65%, nearly 1,000 yards, six TDs, no interceptions, 133 NFL passer rating. Now, remember, that Florida Atlantic team had Harrison Bryant, who was the John Mackey Award winner for that year. Everybody talked about the tight end position in the Lane Kiffin offense. Charlie Weiss Jr. was the offensive coordinator. Lane Kiffin was the head coach. So this is as much of an apples-to-apples type situation of what can happen in that offense as it can get. So that's the reason we're going back to Chris Robeson is because of the Charlie Weiss thing. Now, we didn't put the first year, the 2018, they had quarterback issues. And by the time they figured it out, Chris Robeson won the job. The rest was history. Um, So they won the Conference USA title um, in 2019. They beat UAB. as well. So a really good haul in between the numbers. I love that. Was that 45 of 78, 95, six touchdowns, no interceptions. And like I said, Harrison Bryant was the quarterback there. So that is what got Lane Kiffin the Ole Miss job. These passing zones are what made Lane Kiffin the offensive genius what made him what he is thought of nationally, how he got the Ole Miss football job. They ran the ball effectively. Their quarterback was okay. He was a transfer from Oklahoma, so he's a high-talent guy that either um, got removed from the Oklahoma team or just went to FAU uh, just as a straight transfer. So he had talent. Harrison Bryant was the John Mackey Award winner. Very talented player. Now, 
This offense was Matt Corral in 2020. This was the most productive offense in Ole Miss football history. Ten SEC, all-SEC games and an Outback Bowl game against the Indiana Hoosiers. But if you look in the middle of the field, again, the numbers are insanely high. I think I posted what the middle of the field numbers were on Twitter, and it, it just blew me away. I think it was, let's see if I can find it real quick, just so I can say it here. Matt Corral in 2020 in the middle of the field was 117 of 162, about 2,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 72% completion percentage. It was the ex- most explosive offense in Ole Miss history. Now, this team had Elijah Moore. I don't, I don't think we can overstate that. That helped Matt Corral, and you'll see that in 2021 whenever we look at his zones from 2021. But he also had Kenny Yaboa. So this team has a chance to be fairly similar to this one. We are still looking for that super slot player, that Elijah Moore type player. Um, but we have, you know, Jordan Watkins, we have Dayton Wade, we have players that fit that bill, and we have Michael Trigg, who in another way could be a matchup problem across the middle along with Caden Priestcorn. Okay? Hope everybody's following me. But this offense that Matt Corral ran in 2020 and the 2023 offense. We could get there. That is the ceiling of this offense. We have a better running back. We do not have an elite Elijah Moore type wide receivers, but we have two tight ends that are greater than Kenny Yoboa. We have receivers on the outside and Trey Harris, and we're trying to potentially bring in um, recruit Zachary Franklin. But if Ole Miss recruits Franklin, they need to seriously consider playing him inside. If that is played inside in that slot position, this 2020 um, chart could be Ole Miss's future because you got players for the outside. You're trying to find players for the inside. So it's going to be real interesting to see about that. Now, when we come back, we are going to um, continue talking about the Matt Corral time, and we're going to show you where Jackson Dart stands again and where Spencer Sanders stands again um, in the middle zone passing yardage, and we're going to take a good look at that. So we're going to see if they can provide the jump that we need and this offense needs moving forward. But first, I do want to let you know that this show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs is simply the most comfortable shorts I've ever put on. Seriously. I have to walk every day. As many people know, I had surgery in 2019, and because of that, I lost half of my balance. So when I don't exercise, I get wobbly. So I have to. It rains, sleet, or snow. I am outside doing the walking regimen that I need to do. And anybody that walks or exercises for any extended period of time can tell you that the wrong shorts while doing it can be just a miserable experience. Well, Bird Dogs is simply the most comfortable shorts I've ever put on. And I guarantee that if anybody else gets Bird Dogs and goes through this, there will be somebody in the comments thanking me for letting them know. It's Bird Dogs. So, 
Go to birddogs.com slash college, and when you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, that is all one word, LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. It's going to be really cool, and I am really fired up about it, and you will like them as well. Again, that is birddogs.com slash college. enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, all one word. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. I don't know. We um, had to take my wife to the doctor, and um, I missed my recruiting thing, so we're going to have to figure out what the weekend looks like for you people. If not, tune in Monday for more talk about the season that is rapidly approaching. We are at 99 days until the college football season begins. So we are officially under three digits. And everybody can start their countdowns now, right? You know, where they do the roster numbers and they work it all the way down to one and to zero. Yeah, it is kind of is what it is. But anyway, we are going over the Lane Kiffin offense and the middle zone of showing how effective offenses have been really good in this zone. And not effective offenses have not. I mean, it's not it's rocket science, right? We've done Chris Robeson in the first year of Matt Corral. Let's go to 2021. So here is Matt Corral in 2021. Minus Elijah Moore, minus Kenny Oboa. Still effective in the middle zone. This was the Dontario Drummond year. Not quite as good in the deep middle, but you're still looking at around a 100 pass NFL rating um, period. We were a little bit weaker on the outside, a little bit unable to um, stretch the defenses. We had some injuries either to Matt Corral during the season or to like Dontario Drummond and all the wide receivers. So like this was the year that sometimes John Rice Plumley lined up as a slot receiver, but still Matt Corral was able to put up these numbers. Unbelievably impressive. Seriously, there's, there's no way you can get around it. So let's go to this year's team and Jackson Dart last year. Oh, sorry. Um, I did not, that's not Jackson Dart. That is Matt Corral. So Jackson Dart, his is his zones. All right. 61 NFL passer rating, 60 NFL passer rating. If you look at that middle, middle, we struggled underneath 50% completion percentage, more interceptions than touchdowns. Preferably, we would like that number to be up around 60%. The interceptions, I'm not necessarily worried about them, but I think they'll go down a little bit, and I think the TDs need to go up. And that area of the field, that is the one I'm harping on, the middle-middle. Look above the blue line. There's a tic-tac-toe board. Look the middle-middle, the free space on a bingo card. That is the area that this shows that Ole Miss needs to improve. If you look at Spencer Sanders, his number is up at 84, but is by no means good. Okay? We're not looking at a perfect situation for either quarterback. And when I deep dove into these quarterbacks, I saw kind of why it's where it is now. Now, the best pass over the middle was Spencer Sanders to Michael Trigg in the spring game. We can all agree with that. Turnovers are a little bit down, but two picks in each of the zones in the middle of the field is problematic. The passer rating all around 80. So it, it will see. As you can see down the field, like plus 20 yards, 
the passer rating is actually below Jackson Darts. So it's higher in that middle zone, lower in the top zone. So that's the reason this is a competition for lack of other words. But I wanted to show everybody this and everybody to have a, a weekend to marinate this information, to show that I'm not making this up, that I'm not just beating a dead horse on this one. And letting you know that this is the Lane Kiffin offense. And when we do not do this, we do not hit the middle of the field effectively, it becomes a less effective offense, easier to stop. All of a sudden, the linebackers are a little bit less tortured. All of a sudden, the free safeties don't have to worry about getting beaten deep. The linebackers don't have to worry about receivers coming in behind them. You don't have to worry about the jet sweep to the outside um, because snap problems prevented that last year and then you end up with an offense that just runs real simple stuff really fast and only two or three concepts and this is a huge playbook but the playbook is determined by how well they run it how well they do what they need to do how how do they execute do they turn the football over so we'll see because the personnel of this team is absolutely matched up to be Middle of the field dominant, period. I expect to see 12 personnel. I am team 12 personnel with Prescorn and Trigg on the field at the same time. If Ole Miss can get Zachary Franklin, that'll put him on one side. On the other side, Trey Harris, you're fine. You're exactly what you want to be offensively. It is one of the most offensively talented units in the totality that Ole Miss has ever put on the field. That does not necessarily mean they'll be good. There's still steps that they need to take. But the end of the season last year, two things happened. A, I consider what happened sabotage. The end of the season from the Arkansas game on, it was weird. It just was. And also, the way they called the game to have fun and what's going on, the lack of seriousness that was given to that was a little bit of a problem. And Texas Tech just absolutely jumped up and popped Ole Miss in the mouth because of it. But Texas Tech, I, I like their offense. I like what they're doing. They had that offensive coordinator from Western Kentucky that had Bailey Zappi that was doing all that stuff. I, I, I do like Texas Tech. But that night was more about Ole Miss than about Texas Tech. So whenever Ole Miss takes the field against Mercer, these are the things you need to pay attention to, the things we just watched. Keep them in the back of your mind. Watch it that watch the field between 10 yards and 20 yards in between the numbers and pay attention to the slot receiver and play pay attention to the tight end and see how much they catch the football. How much of that is used? Because if it's not, if the linebackers are not tortured, the linebackers get free reign to be themselves, the offense isn't going to be as good as it can be. And the reality is at that point, Ole Miss wins six or seven games. Defensively, this I told you, this defense is going to be clunky. Ole Miss needs this offense to be clicking on all cylinders to make up for what's going to happen defensively. Next year could be a completely different story defensively, but that's next year. Ole Miss needs, absolutely needs, to have an offense clicking on all cylinders. We're going to have to have a hard conversation also this summer about NIL money and whether or not Ole Miss can fund more than two teams. Fully fund. 
because if you spread out money to all teams, you end up being mediocre on all the teams. Otherwise, you probably need to just focus the direction of the where your money goes. That's a hard conversation to have, and it's probably going to upset some people, but we're going to have to have it. But we'll see exactly what happens. Anyway, coming up, Tom Vanderford in his weekly spot talking Ole Miss sports and all that fun stuff. Anyway, stick around. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are, in fact, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So do us a favor. Sign up to the YouTube channel by subscribing. Hit the bell for notifications. Comment, upvote, all of that good stuff. And if you want to take it a step further, if you just want to leave a tip for the show, join our subtext community. The link is down in the description as well. I'm here with Tom Vanderford for his weekly segment on Ole Miss Sports. And, Tom, before we get started... Stephon Wynn, the transfer from Nebraska, has committed to Ole Miss. So that's two defensive line players that Ole Miss has gotten in a week. There's one more to go for this to be a truly dream week for what they could do on the defensive line. Because, I mean, we're going to talk about this. They needed help on the defensive line for depth. They they needed that issue. They didn't. They weren't looking for a JJ Pegues. They were looking for somebody like Stephon Wynn, a Kello Stone. That is what they needed. And linebacker, honestly, people are going to freak out when I say this. We're kind of good at linebacker, especially with Centarian coming in, and then defensive back wise with Deshaun Gaddy and the kid from Liberty and all that. We're in good shape. The defense is kind of coming to del- coming together pretty well, man. Oh, I completely agree. I've been thrilled by our uh, secondary additions and defensive line. Like you said, we probably need one more there. I would like another receiver. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hopefully, kid from UTSA, you know, if, if, you know, he's an an All-American, so I'll take that. I know he played, you know, at at a... G5 level, but that doesn't bother me at all. We've we've had good success with G5 kids coming in through the transfer portal. Yeah, it's kind of funny that um, Trey Harris on the other side is all-conference USA. Um, Zachary Franklin on the other side would be all-conference USA. It's like we've rated their all-conference team. Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. And football's football. And, you know, if you can get open, you can get open. You run good routes. And I, I'll be completely happy with Franklin. I, I really wanted Keon Coleman, but, hey, you don't get everything in life. No. Yeah. And whenever you're, you know, going through this, people expect you to be devastated when you miss out on a kid. Why? Yeah, you know, why worry about that? There's, there's a top five list. Whenever you're not done, it's never a, hey, this is it. This is your last option. This is your last chance to loon. No, there's another name on the list that they can go to. The problem is, is if there was no other names on the list. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, um, changing the subject just a little bit before we come back to football. They're talking about a throw pack game at the Tad Pad. And I saw. Yeah, and I, my thought is they need to talk to Andy Kennedy about coming back. They, he needs to bring UAB. He needs to be on the sideline for that game. Andy Kennedy has had as many times as much use of the Tad Pad as anybody. 
Um, get Red Panda and the dog Frisbee catching dogs. Somebody talked about that on Twitter today. You know, Tad Smith's basically a convertible anyway. Hope it doesn't rain and and just have fun. That's that. Yeah, that that's my opinion on this one. I am so fired up about the idea of this happening, and I do think Andy Kennedy needs to be the main course, the oh, main I guy. Dream if we played UAB, hmm. uh, and I would. I think I saw you mention this, but others have mentioned it as well. I think the uh, there ought to be a special. Um, special way that we could bring Marshall Henderson in there too. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he absolutely needs to be honored before the game or at halftime. Something's going yeah. on that Marshall Henderson needs to have his moment in that game. More than any other game right. at um, the Pavilion, that game at the Tad Pad, the last, probably the last time they're playing in there, it might be a yearly thing, but who knows. Um, he gets he gets recognized, and and that just would just be great. It'd be really great if they could paint the floor up like it used to be painted. The blues that were just oh. the wrong, wrong coat. You remember that, like Gerald Glass time when Ed Murphy and all that was here. Oh, oh yeah, all the all the chairs were you know different colors, and mm. you know it was it was wild. You know, I can remember going there. Uh, I'm dating myself, but when I was in high school. I went to a track meet there and then we had to go sit in the gym. And that's the first thing I noticed was, you know, everything was, you know, all the chairs were different colors and there wasn't a whole lot of old Miss anything in there. And, but yeah, that, that, that would be kind of neat. Yeah. When it comes to the Tad Smith, the, my, my number one memory that I go to, everybody might think of Marshall Henderson. The memory that I always come back to was um, Dick Vitale being in Tad Smith against Kentucky, Keith Carter, hitting a three somewhere towards the end of the game to kind of put it away and Ole Miss beating Kentucky and storming the court. And, you know, that that is probably the last time I stormed anything, but I did storm the court that day. And um, Ole Miss beating Kentucky and Rick Patino and, heck, it might have been like Jamal Mashburn or somebody. There's some dudes on that team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we're at 100 days – um, I guess yesterday was 100 days until football season. Tomorrow is going to be 99 or something like that. Uh, and it got me thinking, what are your expectations for Ole Miss this season? I'm not talking about wins and losses. We haven't gotten to that point of the year yet. But what are your expectations for this football team going into 2023? I want to see uh, progress every week. Of course, you know, our, our schedule is different. It's not as backloaded as as last year but it's still pretty darn tough and um i think we've got one of the top five or six schedules in the country actually but what i want to see is improvement every week i know that's kind of cliche but especially on defense i don't expect the defense to have their act together in week one uh, nor do they need to have their act together in week one but I want to see, I want to see them running to the football. I want to see them tackling with an attitude. Yeah, I want to see some land shark uh, mentality from our defense. And on our offense, I want to see us score lots of points, man. <laughs> you know, of course, you you got to look at it though, kind of funky. You know, you 
if you score a lot of points, you could wear your defense out. I think that's where the depth's coming in with all these defensive linemen we're getting. <clears throat> I think that's part of the reason you need all the depth you can get. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to be pretty deep everywhere, but uh, I would like to see them limit turnovers. I want to, I, and I hate to echo uh, Bill Flowers, but I want to see Jackson Dart throw a couple of skinny posts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to, I want to see him utilize the middle a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you, know? you don't. You have no idea, and Tom has no idea what today's show is about. Today is we did a deep dive on quarterbacks and Lane Kiffin's offense, going back to Chris Robeson at FAU and what he did in the middle of the field. And then we took, looked at what Matt Corral did both years in the middle of the field. And then we took Jackson and Spencer. So, yeah, we've got a lot of the middle of the field on this show today. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> good. But, yeah, I, I would like to see us be consistent on offense, uh, limit turnovers. Uh, I, 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 you know, I don't want to see any injuries on either side of the ball. Uh, I do feel like we're deeper on defense than we were last year and no, no bust on Chris Partridge, but I mean, I consistently see, you know, rankings where Pete Golding's one of the top 10 defensive coordinators in the country. So I expect, uh, him to do better with his staff and I expect the talent we have on defense to play better if we can just have 40th 50th ranked defense in the country and our offense performs like I think it will we could have a really special season yeah if what you just described you're just that's a 10 win team if the if yep. the defense is 40 to 50 and the offense is explosive yeah, that, yeah. That, 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 that's a heck of a team. That team's playing in the New York Six. Exactly. And and we have the ability to. Now, we also have the ability to, you know, go six and six. But, uh, you know, I think six and six probably our floor. I think ten and two, nine and three, uh, our ceiling. But, yeah, we've, we've, we're going in the right direction. We've just got to uh, – Got to take time. Yeah. Got to take time. But I love, and I've mentioned this before, and and I'll mention it again. I, I love how Coach Kiffin treats this like NFL free agency. You know, you lose a guy, you get a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you go out in the portal, you find a kid. We'll get a receiver. Hopefully it's the kid from UTSA. It may, may be some kid I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he – you lose a guy, you get a guy. That's just how he works. Yeah, and the player, I think there's two transfers that we know about that Ole Miss is trying to get. The other one is today, Isaac Ukwu is supposed to announce between likely Ole Miss and Missouri. Um, he's a defensive end out of James Madison, which always makes me funny oh. because of – what's that? Yeah, I hope we get that kid. Have you seen his tape? Yeah, yeah, he he's legit. Yeah. Yeah, he's legit. Yeah, but it's always funny to me is that the person that wrote our Constitution, the nickname for the school name for him is the Dukes, which which is hilarious <laughs> to me. And, and I'll, I'll always have a good time with that. But, yeah, so Isaac Ukwu and also maybe Zakari Franklin we're talking about at UTSA. 
receiver. Yep. Those are two names that we should keep an eye on this weekend, this you know Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to see if something pops. If Ukul pops on Friday night, I'll probably do a video on it Saturday or Friday. You know, something, some some semblance of a reaction video to it. And as Zachary Franklin does the same thing, we will keep an eye on that as well because we're getting close to players reporting. There's video coming up, like Centarian Perkins. He's ready to get to Oxford. He's a game changer. Um, and I, oh, but yeah. I, but I do caution everybody to remember that Patrick Willis, while he played as a true freshman, Rob Robertson started as a, when he was a true freshman. So that might be a similar deal with Suntarian as well, his first year on campus. So thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We are hoping for Jared Ivey. If we get Jared Ivey, we're going to get him out, and we're going to put him out at 7 in the morning. He has an elite skills camp May 27th at North Gwinnett High School. Um, if you look on Twitter, he has it, um, I think, pinned on his profile. If you're looking to sign up, I think it's like 50 bucks or something like that. So check out that. That's the Jared Ivey Elite Skills Camp. So that should be pretty cool. Anyway, thank you very much, Tom, for stopping by today. And enjoy your weekend. And like I said, get what we talked about earlier. If it happens, get me a screenshot, please. You got it, buddy. All right. Take care, man. Hotty toddy.